how did it all start? Ah, it all started as this little boy. No. <laughs> how old are you? I'm 29. 29. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. You've achieved so much for 29. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Like, it's pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, I appreciate it. Let's dig in. So, 29, always lived in Newcastle? Always lived in Newcastle. I kind of transitioned. So, it started off, I left school when I was 14. Oh, that's early. Yeah. I left at early. 16 and I thought that was early. I know. <laughs> and I look at 14-year-olds now and go, fuck. Like, yeah. Was that like, me? You're like, little. Yeah, you're a it's little crazy. Kid. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I left school when I was 14. I moved to a little place called Cranback. And it's in between Gloucester and Nabiak. It's a rural suburb and um, little country town. It's got a pub and little post office. <laughs> and I started a trade as an apprentice carpenter. Okay. That's what was that by force? Like, were you expelled? Did you hate school? Yeah, I got expelled. So, <laughs> really, I got expelled. Yeah, and I remember dad to this day. He, I was sitting down in front of the principal's office, and he, um, and he turned up super grumpy, was like, What did you do? And anyway, he walked probably in, just bashed some kid. <laughs> yeah, he walked, he probably walked in as fast as he walked out. Wow, and then he said, really? Rightio, that guy's a dickhead. Let's go. What do you want to do? And I said, I want to become a carpenter. My dad was a carpenter, right? He was a builder. I've seen success from it. Um, my dad actually lost a lot of money when I was four years old. My parents divorced. Mm. So I grew up with a single parent. Um, and I, I kind of seen the wealth but that was created before my parents lost it all. Mm. So I knew how much money can be made inside property, you know, whether in real estate or oh, whatever. Really? But I wasn't, you know, <clears throat> you're 14, you Kind of didn't know what a real estate agent was. You're like, fuck. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I seen that. And I, I said, yeah, I want to be a carpenter. And the first thing dad said, he looked me in the eyes and said, no, you fucking don't. <laughs> really? Wow. Straight up. So, straight up. So it's, um, I shot off, man. I went up there. I lived with dad. Um, yeah, wow. Super humble, super humble home. Um, and, yeah. How, how was it, it growing up? Um with the single parents, was that tough? It was tough, man. Mum worked three jobs. So um, she was studying to be a counsellor. She's now head um, head counsellor for SIDS and Kids, who's like Australian organisation for um, stillbirths, babies that are, you know, mm. pass away at birth and so forth. So she's done really well for herself now. But back then, man, growing up, I, like I remember running out of fuel driving to the beach. You know, yeah. it's pretty heavy. So mum um, yeah. worked as a cleaner at, at night. So she worked for Freedom Furniture. And um, and then at night she used to clean the place. So she'd knock off, pick me up from school, drive me back, and I used to help clean, you know. So, yeah, yeah it was, I guess, yeah, it was hard, man. It was super hard. Yeah. And then you you looked at kids around you and looked what they, they had. So you're yeah. always looking going, fuck, how come I don't have that? Mm. I want that. You know what I mean? So, what, what do you is, what do you reckon is been the driver for you? Definitely money. Yeah, yeah. I think that comes. But down like, to where does that come? What what is it? Given the fact that you've gone through growing up with single parents and went without, like what 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 do you think started that for you? Yeah, definitely that. Hundred mm. percent. I think anyone that comes from nothing and I guess starts to make a bit of money, it's very addictive. And I think that especially when you know you don't come from money it's you want everything like dude my wakeboard boat i was sitting out on it a couple of weeks weekends ago and i was with a mate and i looked at him and went fuck dude this is unreal <laughs> i turned to my, I, t- I turned to my missus my fiance and said babe like fuck you know that we used to dream of this shit like yeah. especially me i 
I used to drive past cars and go, wow, like imagine owning that boat. Like, yeah. So, yeah. It's a different It's a different life now. Now you yeah. got like three, four of the best, <laughs> best yeah, cars in yeah, town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. It's, um, yeah. So what motivates you now then? What motivates me is growth. Yeah. Um, like what type of growth? Just growth inside myself. Yeah. I think like everyone needs to grow and learn and, Mate, I probably hats off to my fiance, hey, in the way that I've grown a lot. Like, mm. especially from when you start from when you're 18 and you start generating wealth. Um, ah, so, did you build the wealth together? Like, you're together, yeah. Yeah, 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 wow. yeah. She pushed me hard, yeah. How so? How did she push you? Well, I started off, yeah, so 14, carpenter. Yep. Um, lived up at dad's. You're kind of doing the 14, 15, 16 year old thing. You're kind of going out drinking with friends and so forth. And then, it got to about 18. I finished my apprenticeship and I Just went... Just when everyone's starting theirs. That's right. Wow. And wow. I went into... I kind of learned early on and I think that's where, you know, kind of leads to the career that I'm in now is um, I learned that sales is where it's at in mm. any, any industry. Yep. So I started a traineeship straight after my apprenticeship in car sales and it was um, for Toyota. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No. You've you've gone off 18 years old. Wait, can, why? Why did you go from being fully qualified, about to be on big bucks, to car sales? It's funny you say that. And I'll probably touch on that later in, in this combo. But I think like I always wanted to do it and tell the true story. And mm. I think I've had a chat with you, Beetle, about this. Um, and kind of... When you do it, you can honestly tell the true story. It's no bullshit. A lot of people tell the story, but it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what not what I'm not about. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to learn. I wanted to, to grow. I wanted to make money. I mm. thought, you know, sales straight away. I was looking up things and like still to this day, mm. it's the highest paying role in, in is sales. So, um, yeah, I, I jumped into something where I had an opportunity. So I went straight into car sales and... I remember on the first day, um, you know, everyone says, oh, you got the gift of the gab. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not really. I can probably just talk. So I, um, I jumped in on the first day and kind of hit it off with all the guys. And then I was selling cars the next week. Yeah, wow. So, so straight away. Straight away, yeah. I just I gravitated to it. Hey, I just loved it. And I didn't know anything about sales. I didn't probably even know what sales meant. Yeah. Like... You know. So you're 18 at that time? 18, 18. at that time, yeah. Well, wow. How yeah. long did you stay there Just for? 18. So I stayed there for probably about a year, yeah. just a bit under a year, and it would have been 19. I remember I was kind of like, okay, I'm over that. I didn't really see growth. You know when you're just kind of stuck mm. in a role, whether it's a business, job, whatever it may be, and I just felt like there was no – I kind of wasn't going anywhere. I was mm. stagnated. And I felt like, yeah, it's a bit of a lid on the opportunity there. So I kind of moved around a little bit. I wanted to get into the mines because mm. you hear people say, oh, get into the mines. It's the, the best thing. <laughs> so, you know, I listened to people and I thought, you know what? I can probably make a, 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 good, a good wage in the mines. I can save. I can do the five-year plan. Mm. And, um, and I can buy a property. Mm. So I was looking out for these mining jobs. My brother at the time was in Western Australia and he was in the mines and 
anyway, he couldn't really get me in there. He was trying and it didn't work out. So I started a role with West Track, which is here in, which is in Newcastle. And um, I was there for a while, hated it. Mm. And I was just like stagnated on life. I was like, fuck, like, what do I do? Mm. What is, what did, what was that role for you? So that was um, on the long walls. So it's like the belts that run the coal from underground to obviously the surface or, but we're actually just in a shed building these, these long walls. Yeah. For West track at the time. Yeah. And in terms of actually being able to save and what have you, did that help bring that bank account up to be, to put yourself in the right position for the first property? Definitely not. Definitely not. No. <laughs> I yeah. love cars, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, the money pits, the money pits. I love cars and motorbikes and I was like 18, 19 yeah. and I was um, buying stupid stuff, you know. I don't regret it. No. I definitely don't regret it. Have fun. That's right. And kind of from there, I remember my brother was going through a pretty hard time. He just separated with his partner mm. and um, I thought I've just got to take the jump. Like it's no good here. I've got to go over there. I can be there for him and get it, like get an opportunity to get in the mines. Mm. So I remember, this is pretty funny. So I remember at the time I had a VL Commodore. Does anyone know what a VL <laughs> Commodore is? So, Vanny, if I had that car right now, that car would actually be worth $90,000 as is. Really? But I was struggling to sell that thing for two and a half grand to try to scrape up to buy a plane ticket to oh, Western man. Australia. Crazy. <laughs> so. We, um, I finally sold that, jumped on a plane, flew over, um, started living with my brother. And then I got an opportunity in the mines working underground with Bort Longyear. They're an underground drill service. Oh, yeah. wow. So I kicked it off there and um, it was an army camp. Eh? Mm. Have any of you guys had friends, family or that have gone to the mines? Mm. Yeah. Mm. So it's like, it's pretty hectic. Like, like hats off to people that are in the mines because it's um it's definitely like a it's a full camp like it's like you're in the army like so you don't leave you don't leave no. I was there for I was doing a month on um one month on two weeks off at wow, the time I was that's trying brutal to, it was brutal man and I kind of put my hand up for that so it was it was two <coughs> weeks on uh, three weeks on one week off that was the option or month on two weeks off. And I was like, nah, need to make money. Like, I'm over here to do that. Mm. Let's just rip in. So I started off, yeah, with that. Flew out to site. Was kind of this young guy. Didn't have any friends over there. Didn't know what to expect. You're like hanging out with all these older dudes. And and it was okay for like the first, I guess, couple of months. And then I started to really listen to people around me. And I was like, hmm, okay. There's like guys that have been through this so many times, like through marriages or whatever, and, and they've tried to save that five-year plan and it hasn't worked out. Oh, too much of a hit on the personal life? Yeah. On a strain where it went wrong? I think wrong? so. I think so. I think like a lot of people in the mines, it's pretty pretty um, brutal in there. It'll play with your head. 100%. Yeah. And do you spend a lot of the money you do earn because you're, you're so yeah. kind of isolated in there? Yeah. I was traveling to Bali all the time, man. We're <laughs> in the thing. Yeah. I was, I was having like some hell times. I was partying as much as I could, it, like, because you miss your friends, right? Mm. So I, I started a, a, like, I met a group of friends in Perth and from the mines who so would fly back in, 
and all you wanted to do was party. So that's what we did, right? And then by the time uh, by the time the the two weeks was up, you're kind of recovering, and then you're back into oh, it. Oh no! So it was a bit of a like, yeah, it probably wasn't the best thing to do if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so finish up at the mines, and then where, where'd you head from there? So the mines. So from there, kind of, I I met Gabby. That's where I met Gabby. Yeah, at the mines? Really? No, no, not at the mines. I met her in um, in Perth, okay. Western Australia. Yeah. So I met her there at a nightclub. That nice. was that was a bonus. So Sweet. the partying did work out for me for a little bit. Perfect. And um, I met Gabby there, and I was hating the mines. Hey, absolutely mm-hmm. hating it. I had some money banked up, not much, but I had enough. And um, I remember this one swing that I was going back and we had an argument or something and I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm not going back. eh?" And I just pulled the pin on it. She thought I was absolutely fucking crazy because I was probably only with her for like three months or something. Oh wow. (laughs) You're kidding. You're head over heels straight away. Yeah. This guy's fucking going for it. So I, um, yeah, I just shut up shop, but I think it was also like, it was just, it was the right time. And Mm. Yeah. I was just like, this is crap. She was the tipping point. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And then from there, I um, I was kind of a bit lost. I was like, fuck, what do I do? Like, what am I going to do now? And I was, I was missing home, like 100%. So I said, all right, I'm going home. Like, I need to get back to Newcastle and see my family and my parents. And um, I flew back. And Gabby's like, look, let's just see how it works. And then, um, you know, if all goes good, I'll fly back over. So I came back and um, I was like, right, I need to get into it. I need to rip in. And I started off um, working for a builder again. And this stage I was 20. So I was working for a builder um, and kind of getting set up, man. Like we're living in this dingy apartment. Like I was living in this studio apartment and Gabby flew over um, and I was, yeah, just being a builder for probably like six months. Mm. And I was like, fuck. Like, you know, when you're just at a point where you just, I was just at this point where I was like, like where do I go from here? Like mm. I was a bit lost and like, cause you know, my parents, they're separated and everyone's doing their own thing. My brother and sisters are older. I kind of didn't have any guidance. Mm. So I was mm. kind of a bit lost. Yeah. If that makes sense. And like now, these days you have like well not these days, I'm only twenty nine, but like now if you were if you were eighteen to twenty right now, you've I feel like you've got a bit more support. Yeah. Like Yeah. And I think it's a lot more talked about now though too, which is kind of spurred it on. Like mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of younger guys having mentors and that yeah. sort of stuff. They're having a rebounding board. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And yeah. like I've got you where you didn't have you correct to, to have as well yeah like so there what was, was that no, like when you were what was it like when you were there as in like in that situation there was just no young guys mm. like if i could you know when i was 20 talk to a like 29 year old that you mm. know was doing good fuck that'd yeah. be awesome yeah social media sped that on a yeah lot. 100% so i think like what was around then i i don't think instagram was Nine years ago, was it around? Would have pr- probably just in the infancy just stages. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
I was kind of, yeah, like a little bit lost there. Gabby moved back. She was working, um, Gabby's a beautician. So she was working just at a random beautician locally. And um, she was hating it. And I was fucking, that was tearing me up inside. Mm. Like I was like, fuck, like I need to make money. Like mm. I, I need to support it, you know what I mean? Like, mm. so um, from there, I remember I was, it was a family friend, right? And um, he reached out to me because he knew that I was really good at project management. And at that period of time, I was actually doing my project management um, certificate. Yeah. So it's one really good thing that I did during that period where I was a little bit lost. I I'd studied and completed that. And um, he reached out to me and he said, you know, let's set up this company, blah, blah, blah. I was 20. I'm like, fuck, set up a company. Let's go. <laughs> like, let's make some money, you know. Yeah. So um, I went all in and I had a certain amount of money saved. And um, I said, all right, I'll put this money in. And this guy was a lot older than me. Like this guy now is probably you know, late 50s. And um, we started to set up this company and it was like, you know, when you just get a feeling like you're you're starting to do something with someone and you just get a weird feeling. Mm. And it was just that gut feeling and I've always followed it. And I just thought, fuck, what's going on? Like something's happening. And he had this really successful, like really big building company um, previously. And we were going around, like, so we started this business and we we're going around and we were fixing up his jobs mm. that, that he kind of went when he went bust with this other building company. And there was an investor involved and everything. And I got really close to the investor. So here's the 29-year-old me, right? So this guy's 35. I finally meet this investor. I'm fishy about this other guy who was kind of family, friends. And anyway, we drive over to this investor's house, right? And at the time, he's probably 35, 36. This guy's living in like, at that, that's, this is probably like, what, nine years ago. This guy's living in a $5 million house, Bar Beach Avenue, Newcastle. He's got the Range Rovers. Like, this is when Range Rovers, you didn't have them. Like, this was Kanye West, Kim mm. Kardashian type shit, yeah. you know? Like, these were ju- they probably were wow. just landing in Australia. Like, yeah. if you had one of them, it was like, whoa, dude. Yeah. So, I, um, yeah, I really looked up to this guy. I'm like, fuck, I need to make money like that, you know? And then... Real money. Yeah, real money. Mm. And this guy was in, um, like, a total different industry. Like this guy was doing like stuff with shipping containers and so forth, you know? So um, I was like, fuck, this guy's doing this. And it's such a, I guess, a niche market, like a bit of a random market, you know, like now shipping containers, you're building houses, doing all this thing, but he was just kicking that off. And this guy's turning over like 28, 38 million, like a year, you know, like, so anyway, um, started hanging out with him a lot more, hanging out in his fucking mansion. He had, (laughs) Big place. It's still still there, Barbie Chav. I think it sold for um, recently, maybe six eight or six nine or something. So he, um, yeah, and I, I remember kind of yeah, I was just getting tips and advice off him. Like, what do I do here? How do I do it? Blah blah blah. And then it just started getting better, dude. We we're going out in his Riviera. He had this like two million dollar Riviera. Oh. We drove it. I remember we drove it from here, from Sydney to Newcastle. And I'm just like, whoa, like you know, it's starry eyed, like. And um, 
Yeah, so that kind of happened for a little bit. And I kind of like let, because I was getting so educated from him, right? And I'm looking up to this younger guy that's very successful. Mm. I kind of let that slide a little bit. So the stuff with, you know, uh. the guy that we had the business with and, you know, I thought, oh, if he's cool, maybe I'm just tripping, you know, mm. like maybe it's not that bad. So time went on and I noticed that they were a bit funny and he started to get a bit jealous, this other guy about our relationship, right? Because he's like, you know, mm. Joe's young, he's fucking 20 and he's hanging out with this multimillionaire <laughs> and, um, and we're having hell times, don't get me wrong. And... Um, yeah, it came to this day where I was like, no, nah, I need to tell him, like, I need to go to this guy and the investor and tell the him, investor yeah. and tell him, I think this guy's ripping us. Mm. And, but I had this feeling I didn't want to ruin it, you mm. know, like mm. I didn't want to ruin this opportunity. So I remember like driving around, right? I'm like, I've got to go to his house, got to go to his house. And I'm fucking driving around Merriweather Bar Beach and I'm like, fuck, I can't go. And I'd like get into the street and then go, no, I can't do it. And I'd turn away. And then I got into the street. This is like probably the fifth time of circling the block, right? And I thought, fuck, I'm like kind of like a stalker now. eh?" (laughs) So I remember pulling into the street and he pulled out with his lawnmower and he seen me. And I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go then. So he started to mow his lawn and I said, bro, I need to have a chat to you. He's like, yeah, what's up? And he took me upstairs to his office and we sat down and um yeah i just kind of told him what how i felt and what i felt was going on and he was like hats off to him like he didn't really enter into it too much he like listened to what i said but he wasn't like i guess saying yeah i agree like you know what i mean which i think is pretty cool like i think if you're in a situation until you fully know the details even if you do have the same gut feeling Mm. when you're in a business arrangement um you should kind of you know cover yeah. people a little bit so he was like yeah right and then you know a week went on and it started to crumble and i got a phone call off this guy and he said oh yeah dude kind of just got to talk to you about something and i was like yeah what's that and he said well yeah we're gonna wrap it up and i'm like oh okay dude i'm living in a penthouse at this stage right we're going all right like you're in a penthouse yeah we're in a penthouse in town in hunter street gabby and wow. i so Gabby was still working at a beautician. I remember I bought the, my first BMW. Gabby and I bought it together. It was this drop top fucking like 335i or something. Mm. Like, and that thing was dope, hey. I bought it here from Sydney. And I remember pulling out and it was just, yeah, it was surreal, yeah. right? So we were having like, we were going okay for like 20 years of age. Like, um <laughs> We're living in a, a bit pen- more than okay. Yeah, we're living in a penthouse. It was like just kind of kicking off, and that kind of only happened at that stage, right? Because I was getting a really good wage, plus I was getting you know certain things from that business that was setting up, and I was promised shares and so forth. And um, whilst I was kind of doing it, it's going to kind of come back a little bit. But whilst we, whilst I was kind of doing it, it's all flooding back to me. Is I started to know like the niches. So we had this model. It wasn't just a building company, right? We had this model where it was like we were doing properties um, for real estate agents to um, to kind of do up for resale, if that kind of mm. makes sense. Like we would get past the oh, referral okay. from the real estate agent to it. And it just didn't make sense, right? I was just like, this fucking doesn't make sense. What people want is people want to know how to renovate these fucking houses and make money from them. That's mm. what they want. 
and people still want it today. And so when that kind of was happening, I, I got the phone call and I remember I walked out on my veranda of this penthouse, right? And I had two verandas. I had one out the front that looked over the water at Honeysuckle and I had one out the back that looked over the back of Hunter Street. And I walked out the back of Hunter Street because I didn't want Gabby to hear me. And he said to me, um, oh, yeah, we're kind of wrapping things up. And I said, so what does that mean? And he said, well, it means we finish up and you return the ute and that's it. I'm like, are you yeah. fucking serious, bro? I'm like, man, I, I think I've got like, and at that stage I was 20, I think they owed me like maybe 40K or something. Wait, like, so is this the business partner? Yeah, this and he, is the business partner. He didn't partner. give you a reason? Um, kind of that it wasn't working out. Like, and I bet I knew shit was happening. Like he was getting caught on, the investor was catching on that, you know, he was being a bit shady. Oh, I kind of brought it up with the investor. The investors probably said something to him. Like, I actually think the investor did say something to him. And then it kind of snowboarded from there. The investor drew the money out. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, so geez. it kind of snowboarded and it was like no notice. Yeah. So I'm sitting on my veranda. I've just bought a fucking BMW, dude. Like I'm paying this thing off. And um, and we're living in that penthouse. We're renting the penthouse, by the way. We didn't own it. Yeah. And um, how much was the penthouse per week? Man, it was like fairly heavy. I think it was like seven hundred bucks back then. Seven oh, seven fifty. Like yeah, nine ten years ago, bro. That's like two k now. Like <laughs> that was a fair bit. Like yeah. you know what I mean. Like paying in rent, right? It's huge. And, um, yeah. So. I remember that we had a we had a trip booked, Gabby and I, to Bali. And that phone call happened and I just was like, fuck, my gut just dropped. Mm. And I've walked inside and Gabby's making dinner. She's like, what's up? And I'm like, no, nothing. Dude, we fly out oh. in a week, hey. And I went and seen this. This is when I first started getting into business coaching mm. and it wasn't really around. And I seen this guy and he coached a lot of people and I don't know if you've heard of, but um, his practice is like kinesiology. Like they work on the body's trigger points and like past trauma and, you know, all these other things. Yeah, really. And I didn't know yeah. back then what the fuck this was, right? I don't know what it is now. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, this guy was very successful. I got put onto him, got referred to him. He was multimillionaire, lost everything, went again you know, found this kinesiology where he could actually dig into people's past life and past, not past life, not kind of that trippy, but like kind of into their past traumas and so forth and work out like money blocks and stuff like that. You know, when you have a money block mm. and it's because your dad said, oh, you, you know, you won't make over a hundred grand because I didn't or something like that, mm. you know. And um, I remember I went to him and I was like, full emotional dude like i'm just like fuck like 20 i've like had a crack and this mm. guy's fucked me and like fuck what's there left i gotta tell my missus we're finally starting to do half decent and now i've got to tell her oh we're not gonna go on holiday because like <laughs> i'm <afford>. fucked <laughs> and then um so i went to see him it drew out a bit longer and he said to me um joe what i want you to do i want you to go on your trip to bali I'm like, I got five grand in my name. Like, mm. I don't have much money. Like, that trip's going to cost five grand. And he's like, I want you to go on the trip. What I want you to do after this meeting, I want you to hop in your car and I want you to look at your steering wheel of your BMW. 
And he said, do you know what BMW stands for? And like, you know, I was like, no at the time. And um, he said, it stands for best man wins, which it doesn't, right? It does not stand for best man wins. <laughs> what does it but stand for? It, what does it stand for? British, Is it British Motor yeah, Works or something? Motor Works, that's yeah. it. And um, anyway, I was like, I laughed anyway. He's like, when you look at that steering wheel, I want you to drive around. I want you to do as many quotes as you can. And I want you to look at that steering wheel and read best man wins. And I was like, fuck, it's pretty cool, eh? Yeah. Like, so it really motivated me. And I'm like, fuck it. He goes, because what's there to lose? Mm. Like you drive around now and you go do these quotes and you go meet these people, and you go introduce yourself. What's there to lose? So I'm like, fuck yeah, right. I'm going for it. Like, so I got super hungry after that, like fully motivated me. I walked out of there. I called my cousin. He was a graphic designer. I said, dude, I need a logo and I fucking need it now. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm starting a business. And he's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, long story short, I've just been fucked. Um, I'm about to lose a heap of money. And dude, I was getting phone calls of debt collectors, hey, wanting to repossess oh. this BMW. Like, it was bad. Like, oh, you went, yeah. you went that far. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not going to go work yeah. for someone. Like, I was just like, Jeez. fuck this. I'm here. I'm going for it. Well, that, that's See, but at that point, I feel like people wouldn't take the risk that that's that'd be the worst point to take it when you have no wage and no money 100 percent. there was times where and i was debt. like that's right well there was like man i was getting job opportunity like i got offered like i could have went and got a job wouldn't like, wouldn't you why not take that when that's a safe option because it's exactly what you just said yeah it's a safe option and i came from nothing so what's there to lose yeah that was my mentality yeah. It's still my mentality right now. I've got stuff to lose now, obviously. Like I've got a beautiful fiance and I, you know, like did, obviously do, do you make you calculated risks now. Do you I make decisions differently now? 100%. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And do you think that's um, mainly due to the fact that you have assets now? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And we've got to look after each other, bro. Like yeah. she's a very successful lady as well. She's got a really successful business. Yeah. So... <clears throat> It was like, yeah, I had nothing to lose. So I remember getting off the phone to Tom. I'm like, bro, you need to make me a fucking logo. Get this thing going. And then wow. I was like driving around. I'm like, what am I going to call it? And I'm like, <laughs> fuck. You know, and so I remember like we talk about Bar Beach a lot, right? Because Bar Beach is a pretty, you know, you kind of drive past it a lot in Newcastle. It's not that big. <laughs> and um, I remember driving down the hill, Memorial Drive, Bar Beach, and I'm watching the sun go down. I'm like, what am I going to call this thing? And I'm like who do you call like and it was like the ghostbusters thing i'm like i had it in my head for something I'm like who do you call and i'm like the tradie army and i'm like what the fuck the tradie <laughs> army <laughs> i'm like fuck this makes sense it's an army of trades and i'm gonna supply the trades right this is what i thought in my head and i was like i'm gonna supply the trades it's a one-stop shop because when i was in that building company the one where they left me high and dry or that one guy did not the investor still friends with that guy today and i call him my brother um they i guess you know there was a niche there that i felt that people had to organize all these different trades and it got very difficult and especially for wealthy people they don't want to fucking do that shit no. they want to call a one-stop shop and they want to get the plumber they want to get the thing they want to just have it all organized right mm. and they don't most of them don't give a fuck what they pay as long as it's a good quality job mm. so I was like, Tradie Army, it works. And then my cousin just went ham on this logo, hey, and it turned out epic. <laughs> and then he, like, man, still to this day, I think that guy, like, he's incredible at what he does. And 
he came over to our house. He was helping us. We were shouting him dinner. Like, anyway, um, Gabby started to catch on but didn't really know. I'm just like, I'm going to set up this business and then, like, I'm going to do this and that at the same time. <laughs> and in my head, I was like, like, now I look back and I'm like, how the fuck did she believe that? Like, <laughs> I was, like, running another business. I'm setting up, like, an identical business. And... um Anyway, so my cousin did that for free and because I had fuck all money. And we hopped on the flight and it was with my best friend and his wife now. It was his girlfriend at the time. And we've gone over there and for some reason I did not give a fuck. Mm. So before that I was like pumping out, I was going around, I was I quoted so many jobs, right? I did up full marketing campaigns, website, everything, like made it legit, like it looked amazing, right? And I left going, fuck, this is it. I'm just going to enjoy this trip and um, that's kind of it. And um, I, yeah, jumped on, the, jumped on the plane, went over and was, um, was just having a hell time. And um, I got to the last day and Gabby was like, what's going on with you? And I'm like, nothing. And I, there was a couple of times where I reckon I went off, well, I fucking did go off to the bathroom and have a cry. I'm like, we're <laughs> really? fucked. It. Bro, my cars are getting repoed. Like, I'm yeah. going, like, I'm 20 and going to be fucked. Like, uh, I thought I was a king. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so we got home, hopped off the um, tarmac, collected our bags, and Gabby's like, what's going on? And I'm like, nothing. And I turned on my phone. And I had 15 missed calls. I'm like, oh, okay. So, and it was from this one doctor, right? Because I went to this ring of doctors. I got introduced to them. And they obviously have a lot of money, right? And I went and quoted a lot of jobs, extensions. There was a new build. There was a renovation. This guy wanted investment properties renovated and so forth. And I was like, yeah, cool. So anyway, it was them. They were the missed calls. Mm, wow. And I was like, oh, just listen to my voicemails. So I listened to my voicemails and it was, hey, Joey, just give me a buzz. Um, all good good to go ahead with the job. I'm like, fuck. So anyway, I start ringing them back and I'm hustling like straight away. I hop off the tarmac, I'm into it. And um, I secured five jobs, got approved. Really? Yeah, and the profit out of that first five jobs was 500000 Wow. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. 500,000. 500 grand, bro. So that was because I, I was kind of just what? didn't really have anything to lose. Like, they were pretty big jobs, right? They, some of them. So, how did you out. get these jobs? Like, how did you even get in the door to quote them? I had clients from that previous business. So, there was people that I got introduced to and so forth. And, you know, it's that their circle of doctors still today. They're really lovely. I still speak to them, people. But they, um, they didn't want the job then. They yeah, wanted it later, you know, and mm. then when that company closed down, they called me. They're like, what's going on? Like, mm. can you come quote it? I'm like, yeah, sweet. So <laughs> kind of went from there. Jeez. Yeah. That, you, you've, you've ridden a pretty crazy roller coaster. Yeah. It was highs wild, and lows man. and highs and lows. A hundred percent. Mate, how do you keep your sanity through those times when you, you experience some pretty cool highs and then yeah. next minute you're, you're back on your ass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My partner, bro, Gabby. Yeah. Yeah. She's solid. Like I know you got you, well, you have a partner and 
not anymore. Oh, not anymore. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But man, I, like, yeah, that's she's my rock, eh? Like, yeah. she's pushed me like hard, and she's let me be free, bro. Like, yeah. if you fucking if you're starting to date an entrepreneur, dude, it's pretty wild roller coaster. Like, yeah. Let me tell you. So, um, yeah, we came back, like, and that kind of all kicked off, and it was. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I made that money in that period and it just kind of snowballed from there. In my yep. first um, first year, I turned over a million dollars profit. What? Yeah. How yeah. old are you at that age? I was 21. Fuck. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. So, what, dude, just, I was doing just, loose shit. Just fucking managing trades. Managing trades. I started to get into, I found a really niche market and, you know, I do a lot of coaching around this today and it was with wealthy people that wanted to buy assets and wanted to make money from property but like in if unless you're in like in property you don't really know how to make money like it actually is difficult unless mm. you know you're a professional in the industry so i and this was before buyers agents and all that existed so i used to go out i used to find them the property with them they used to obviously purchase the property and then I would quote them for what I believe the renovation would cost. Mm. And then I would do the renovation or the trading army would do the renovation. And then I would help them like sell it or they could lease it out. So I'd just point them in the right direction and say, you know, he's a fantastic agent, go with him. Um, and that just fucking kicked off. Like that inside that medical field like that network of people, they were just like, fuck, Joey's doing this. Like, Joey just made this much money for us. And then the next person's like, fucking, you just buy me fucking three. You know, like, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, dude. Load and them up. Yeah, so I was charging them. Um, it was actually really good at the time for, for both parties, but I was charging them percentage at the end, oh, like really? a success <clears throat> percentage. So, you know, on once the profits. I, yeah, on the profits. And then I was charging them for the renovation. So I was keeping my company intact, but I was also making the money at the end. So, Jeez. yeah, that's that's kind of what set me up. The Trady Army set me up, bro, big time. Yeah. So do you still run the Trady Army? No, 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 no. I got rid of it now. What, yeah. what, what happened to the Trady Army? Yeah, so it kind of get like keep going with that. It was um, I, I found that niche market, kicked it off, and I got bored. So mm. it was... Um, you got bored? Yeah, I got bored. And then millions of dollars. Yeah, I was just fucking stagnated, bro. Wow. And I didn't know what to do. I wasn't even buying property for myself at that stage, dude. Yeah. I didn't know, man. I'm some 14-year-old kid. I left school. I didn't have any edu like I didn't have any education around it. Yeah. Like I thought you just bought one property and you just fucking lived in it and had a family, you know yeah. what I mean? Like so I um I guess I just got bored of that and I was like, "Hang on a minute. I can fucking do this myself." <laughs> Stop making everyone else <laughs> yeah. some profits. Make me some money. Yeah. How old were you when you started thinking like that? Uh, 22, I think, around that. 22, 23. Yeah. Yeah, 22, 23. And, um, you know, I was, like, getting articles in the Herald at that time and that was a big thing then, you know. I was sucking. Um, there was a fair few news articles done on myself. And then I remember, um, yeah, I got a bit stagnated then I kind of remodeled the trading army for that. That's what we were specializing in. Mm. So then I was advertising for that. And then I'm like, nah, fuck, there's more. Like, 
I need to make more money. I need to go. And But I wasn't buying. I was rent vesting, dude. So what I was doing is chipping in. I ended up buying in with these people. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm finding the property. Let's go bigger. How about I put my money in on this deal as well? And we do a JV. Wow. And yeah, and we pump it out. Dude, I didn't even know. Like, I know this shit now. Yeah. But back then, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do a joint venture. Like, I didn't even know what the fuck this shit was. You know, yeah. I was just knew that I could make money through property. And I knew if I did a renovation, I could manufacture equity. And I, it was just fucking easy for me because I was bought up like that. Like, yeah. I renovated homes. That's what I did. Yeah. yeah. You could spot the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Okay. So, yeah. When did you um when did you close up Trady Army? So probably in like when did I close that up? Would have been fuck, it'd be hard to say, eh? Hey? Um five years ago now. Really? Five, years, five ago? years ago. Did you sell it or yeah, just five years it ago? Up? Yeah, I sold I sold off um contacts and so forth and I shut the rest down. There was just a Probably like I just didn't want anything attached to it. Same thing. Didn't have the education. Didn't mm-hmm. know what was going on. Um, and I knew that I wanted, I guess when I know I want something and I, I see it so clear, I just go for it. I don't give a fuck about what was there. It's just I see it and I'm like, that's it. Bang, we're going there. Like who gives a fuck? Leave that in the past. Let's move forward. And I man, I could have like that thing could have sold for millions of dollars, Ugh. like millions of dollars. I had a guy right call me before that and say I want to buy the franchise off mm. you, right? And I want to remodel it and do it all myself. Buy it, and I nah nah mate, fuck off. Like, yeah, uh, that was crazy, yeah. man. Yeah. So oh wow. Um, so it got really stagnated there, and then before um, you sold it, did you upgrade the BMW? Yeah, we fucking upgraded it. <laughs> since then. But so it, I got stagnated, right? Gabby just was still working for a beautician at that time. Mm. And this is hats off to her, dude. I'm just fucking doing so much shit and I'm just under the pump. And she's just, you know, working at a job. So it would have been really difficult for her yeah. to see this guy. Like, and we're both young. She's like, I don't know what Joseph runs a building company and makes money and fucking that's kind of it. So yeah. she was getting, I guess, yeah. lost in her purpose. Yeah. If that makes sense. And I remember her coming home one day and she was bawling her eyes out. And I'm like, fuck. And she's like, let's go around Australia. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> How the fuck am I going to do that? I've got a business. I've got like fucking 80 subcontractors. <laughs> I've got five guys that work for me full time. I subbed a lot out, so less overheads. And um, and I was like, okay, we're going to go around Australia. How the fuck are we going to do that? How am I going to run this business? I had this older guy that subbed to me and he was, I just trusted him. And I went to him probably about a week after this conversation with Gabby and I said, hey, Rob, do you mind just running my business for 12 months while I fuck off around Australia? And he's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so we bought a caravan, an old one. Gabby wanted an old caravan, like the old Viscounts, and we yeah. renovated it and I tidied it all up, re-sprayed it, looked sick. And, dude, we went around Australia for 12 months and I did not lift a finger. I was running my business from my wow. phone all the way around, like the Pilbara, like Western Australia, Melbourne, like everywhere. We're just, yeah, caravaning around Australia, just living life. How long were you gone for? 12 months. Fuck. Yeah. I, had a, I did a, a four-wheel drive, like specially built, for this trip 
And yeah, dude, we just did what we wanted. I, I just want to rip up my entire life and start <laughs> and do some other stuff. What are we doing? And that was like the best thing um, that I could have done, you know, like it really made me think. It made me miss hustling hard, like as in with the business. Like I think I took it for granted. I made that money and I was like, what's next? What's next? And then I kind of took it for granted. And then that 12 months with Gabby just had a really good time. And um, we got to Queensland and Gabby was kind of like wanted to hang out with the family and so forth. So we had a break for about um, probably about 12 months we broke up for. Yeah. Really? Yeah, 12 months. And um, I came back, was just working at the trading army, doing that, you know, just running it. And it was just normal. It was like I wasn't really going into work. Mm. I was just partying because um had that period where we broke up for him um there then i was like okay i need to become a developer (laughs) (sighs) jeez there's always one there's always one something else yeah that's right so i um i started looking at opportunities to to do developing and um I started to have all these people in between that time come to me and say, dude, how did you do the trading army? How did you do this? Like, how do you go and quote these jobs? Like, how come you presented really well? Like, dude, we look sharp. Like, we were the fucking sharpest tradesmen getting around. Like, I always wore a collared shirt. I wore a dress shirt and it was labelled the trading army. I wore these black jeans and I wore boots. Beautiful. So when I'd go quote the jobs, I'd go Mm. like that and then my team all wore really nice Trading army shirts and then like you know like they look really professional tradesmen you know which is so, rare yeah which is really rare and all these people were reaching out you know starting businesses older guys were reaching out like oh, fuck joe you're killing it mate for a young bloke like what are you doing that we can't do so at that period i was like okay there's a niche market here i can help these guys and charge them mm. right so i started coaching these guys inside um building the building industry and inside their businesses and um it all kept looping back to sales you know (laughs) what i mean like everything that's what it was i was teaching them how to sell and whilst i was kind of doing that i was going into the developing side of things (laughs) i started to do more jvs um and i took more risks um you know there was a couple of situations where i put gabby and i in a couple of tough situations to to um on developments and they paid off and it was just fucking awesome and um yeah it was it's pretty crazy when you look back on it but yeah what over that journey what's uh What's the highest point that you reached or your, your, your best achievement or your most favourite achievement and um, your biggest challenge? Mm. My most favourite achievement would have been Gabby setting up her business. Um, mm. So she owns a, a beauty therapist, which is um, – they do eyelash extensions so forth. It's called The Lash House. And it's, um, it's, it's massive now. Like she has built that thing – incredibly well like the marketing and so forth it's insane when we got back together after that um we went around australia for 12 months she yeah moved back to newcastle again hated job same thing i said and she said i want to 
like set up my own business doing lashes, you know. And she did it when we were going around Australia. Like she'd just do it for cash at like wherever mm. we kind of were. I was like, yeah, sweet. And I set up the marketing the exact same way as I did the trading army. All the SEOs, all the Google AdWords, like oh, everything. I just yep. replicated this thing into a, into beauty. And um, it, because of her, right, it, it fucking skyrocketed. Wow. But that's probably my biggest achievement, man. Like yeah. it's cool when you – it's really cool when you build something together with your partner and you do yeah. it and you don't really understand it, but then you start understanding how to replicate something yeah. To get it off the ground. Do you know That's what I mean? That's special. Yeah. So um, that, yeah, that, that was pretty big. And um, probably my first couple of developments, mm. um, being young, I guess people, like I always tried to look older or be older than what I was because I felt like I didn't gain that respect. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I... Through developing, you learn a lot, man. Through business, you learn a lot. Like you guys are in it. Like mm. you listen to older guys that mm. might be in, and this is something that, you know, I've learned a lot. You listen to older people that you think, oh, fuck, they know heaps about business. Mm. Like, you know, I'm going to listen to this guy. And then you're like, does this bloke know what the fuck he's talking about? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. You know? I know, yeah. It, and it's I, like I a- fucked up a lot from actually like tucking in if you want to call it like and thinking that they do and it wasn't until i went i put my foot down and was like mate you're an idiot like let me tell you how to fucking do it champ like how did you even get here (laughs) yeah that's right that's right so um yeah i don't know to kind of answer your question i guess that was there, but man, I love learning. Hey, mm. I fucking yeah, I really do. Do you listen to books? Listen to audio books? I listen to audio books. Can't read books. Yeah, can't read. Fucking really? hate it. It's not that I can't read. I yeah, just hate, hate fucking reading. hate reading. Same. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I listen to an audio book. You will not find a book in my hand. Yeah, ever. Yeah. Wow. So what happened with um? You've started coaching people on the what you did with the tradie army. You're mm. doing JVs, then you start doing your own developments. Where did your where did things progress from there? Like what, how did you, what was your next kind of moves? Yeah. I took a risk on a development um, that paid off big time. <clears throat> I remember. Um, when we say big. Oh, big enough. Like I made a couple of mil. <laughs> yeah. Really? And it was in two years. Oh, like a year and a half or something. What'd yeah. you build? Um, I built a subdivision. Yep. Yeah. And I did it. I took the risk myself. I actually went in to, um, I met up with the real estate agent, purchased this property um, on an option and I kind of didn't really read over the contract at the time and kind of just went for it. I knew I wanted this property and um, I remember scrambling for money to actually come up with this and try find investors and, yeah, that went really well, which then snowballed me into the next ones and it kind of just went from there, dude, and then, you know, Gabby and I were buying houses together and we we're renovating them and, you know, mm. it just kept kind of snowballing and now it just flows. Like it's yeah. just normal. It's second nature. Gabby, every house we buy, Gabby lives through this mess of a renovation and then it turns beautiful and then yeah. we want to sell it. So so you'll flip and so you'll flip and develop both. Correct. hundred yep. percent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm now holding. I'm now holding okay. our properties. Like we've got a property, a beautiful property in Dudley in Newcastle. Yeah. And it's on the beach and um I won't sell that property because 
it's in a blue chip area. It's on the beach next to the bushland. Like mm. the only way that property is going is going up. Like yeah. so, blue chip um, areas <coughs> is is where I'm investing my money. Yep. And um, and renovations, man. I've done all the things. I had a chat to a guy about this. A younger guy. He's like, oh, dude, um, he pays me to to help him in property, right? Like to coach him through the renovation, how to make money, blah, blah, blah. And um, he said, oh, you know, I want to do a subdivision. Like I want to do um, a subdivision or I want to do townhouses. I said, but there's no money. Like the money is that you actually make more money in a blue chip location. You've got to outlay a little bit more money, but the return's massive. Mm. Like my place at... Dudley, like, you know, we bought that for, I think it was like a million bucks. And it, this was all before COVID, right? But it was like a, a million bucks. We probably put with, you know, my tradesmen and so forth, maybe about 500, 600. And the bank valued that at three mil. Oh, yeah. Like, Jeez. you know, that's a year, dude. Mm. Like that was in a year. Like how the fuck can you make that money anywhere else? Like you put yeah. so much time and effort into, you know, subdivisions and, um, you know, a head fuck mm. going to council and getting the DA approved and, you know, designing the plans, architects, outlaying money and then possibly, you know, not getting it approved. Yeah. Uh, Are you mainly buying up in Newcastle at the moment? Yeah. Or that's yep. where most of you start. Or Newcastle. Is that where it has been for the past few 100%. years? 100%. Yeah, yeah, all of it. I haven't yep. bought property anywhere else. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. yeah. I bought yeah. property when, and I drive past this place, I bought property in Islington for 350 grand wow when people were like what the fuck are you doing mate and i'm like all right you just wait <laughs> what's it worth now oh that same property would be worth a million bucks wow yeah. and it's still shit right that's a shitty property but like 350 grand back then to now a million like you know pretty good yeah compounding growth gotta mm. love it so what what's your current state look like now is it just developments you've got other businesses you manage or run yeah so i've got um a few businesses the the one that you know i spend a lot of time and, and focus on a lot now is um sales coaching so mm. myself and one of my best friends since we we're kids um we have a, a a sales coaching business where basically we target Australia's top 50 real estate agents and associates and um, and we coach people in property still. So still doing property coaching. Um, that's a big thing. But, yeah, I, I love sales, man. And I, I, I really teach and, and so does Dill is, um, is being genuine, mm. like selling genuinely. Like mm. that's a big deal to me. Like... And I think it. I think the whole world's moving more that way too now. Yeah. Like, it, it, even you look at TikTok. It's the real, the realness of it. That's where the. That's where the world's going, especially mm. with information and, and content that's given. They don't want. It, I, I don't want to be sold, right? Like if mm. I'm getting training, I don't want to feel like you're selling me Correct. or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to feel like we're having a conversation as mates, but actually learning and that's learning right. from that. Yeah. That's right. There was one thing, you know, a big thing that I teach, even like in the first week when we're teaching associates and so forth, right, if this is in real estate, um, is, you know, people entering into conversations, whether it's a prospecting call, whatever, they've mm. met someone at open home, whatever it might be, and they ask how their day was, you know. It's like straight away, what do you do? Like if someone, if a salesperson says, oh, how's your day? The first thing that I think is like, fuck sales resistance. This guy's trying to sell. See you later. And I shut mm. him down. 
But if you're actually genuine, like you get to the point mm. and I think, you know, we can all yeah. say like when you know someone's selling you something, if they get to the point, you're like, okay, I'll listen. Mm. And then if that person's genuine, what happens? The person on the other end actually drops their guard and then allows you to sell the product. Yeah. So that all comes back down to being genuine. Mm. You know what I mean? Just be a good person. Just <laughs> yeah, be a nice yeah, person. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of the training and that sort of stuff, how do you, how are you allocating your time? Like, do you split it day by day? Yeah. What are you doing? So, um, mainly five days a week, flat out sales training Yeah. and, and coaching, um, with the property stuff, buying properties in blue chip locations, you know, it's mainly, it's mostly a renovation, you know, can be an extension and, mm. you know, yard a pool and so forth. But I wake up at uh, 4.35 most days mm. and I get up, I'll um, go for a walk or I'll go to the gym, I'll come back, I set the trades up at about 6.37 and then I'm whacking on my clothes and I'm going into the office. So do you still have trades going out now? Yeah, yeah, oh. for my own individual properties. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah. Do you still do much of the trading army or is that completely? Nah, it's completely done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. Would you bring it back? Um, nah, man, I think it's, I've learned so much through that. I don't, I want to do things for myself. That's where mm. like my wealth created and sets yeah. up me and my family. Um, I love renovating homes, man. It's yeah. a passion. I love building things. I love developing things. Um, but I love teaching, I love teaching people what I have done. Mm. Like that's no bullshit. When I actually sales train people, or, you know, we do a lot of like high ticket closing sales training, right? And um, when I teach that, it's because I've actually done it. So I will never, ever teach something that I haven't done. Mm. People teach shit that they haven't done or they'll do a YouTube video or a fucking TikTok <laughs> and they'll be like, you know, talking about a development that it's like, dude, you haven't developed yeah. anything. Like, yeah, I know. You haven't bought anything at all. <laughs> that's right. So you haven't even got your pre-approval. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. It's very it, true, isn't it? 100%. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So mm. where do you go from here? Like what, what, the, what, are, the, what are your next goals? The next goals is to um, we're doing a lot of traveling um, at the end of this year and, yep. you know, moving into next year. So Dylan and I are going to be um, traveling, you know, all up the coast, targeting a lot of real estate agencies. Okay. What and for? Tra training their associates. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know, you know, you've been an owner of Manor. No. 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 So senior sales executive. Yeah. No, no not, not ownership. Yeah. 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 So. You like, could if you wanted to. So, but, but in, you know, in yeah. real estate, what you'll find is associates that you hire, mm. you'll be actually hiring and firing a lot. Right? Oh yeah. We've gone through heaps. Yeah. We've gone through heaps. I think it took, so I've got four sales associates or three sales associates and an admin. Mm. I think we had to burn through probably like six or seven um, different combinations to kind of get the right group together. Yeah. It takes a while. Yeah. 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 So um, I would take three of your associates mm. and I'd train them how to prospect. So I'd make them handy. So yeah. whilst you're out making the money, which, you know, yeah. you have to, you don't have time. Like you're a highly skilled agent yeah. Um, and you're going and selling property, but that's what you need to put your focus to, to actually mm. pay them or, you know, and support Afford yourself. Them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. So, um, you know, we do a week's training 
and um, we'll take, you know, minimum of three associates and we'll turn them into, um, you know, generating anywhere from three to four listing um, opportunities per day. Uh, yeah. So, you know, some some associates wouldn't even do that, you know, no. in a week or yeah, a month, no, no. you know. So, yeah, no, not at all. And Some you, agents as well. That's right. And in that, you know, within that week, we give a lot of feedback to uh, around that associate and if they're not a fit, they're not a fit. Yeah. And mm. we're going to say, man, you're wasting your time here. Like, or we're going to say, this guy's going to be a gun. Hang on to him. Yeah. He needs he needs a bit of help in X, Y, and Z. But, mm. um, but, you know, we can nurture that process. Yeah. What is your thoughts on that, Joe, with people being a fit and not being a fit? Do you think people, uh, there's some people that have got it and will naturally be good um, or can anyone be good at sales? Like what's your take on from your experience? Yeah, I. It's yeah. I guess that's like a bit of a tough one. Like you know it, like you, you know, right, when someone's good mm. at, at sales. And but also on the other hand, um, you know you can teach, you can teach things if people are willing to learn. Yeah, I've got a guy that um, I've been training as of late, uh, Dylan and myself, and he did not know anything in sales. He grew up, you know, um, quite humble, and wouldn't have a clue. But he was so willing to learn. Turned up on time, dressed sharp. Like these are the things that I look out to, and then we can, you know tailor all the rest we yeah. can turn them into guns yeah but um i think you know that you would have everyone would have heard like oh he's got the gift of the gab mm. and it's like that's old sales when when you've got the gift of the gab it just means that you don't shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> and what yeah. happens people are just like okay shut up you're trying to sell me like old sales mentality yeah is talk 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 and so they don't get a word in and then you close them it doesn't work like that like you know so what would, what's your philosophy now with the whole process of things? Um, active listening is, uh, as in like how would I, yeah. what, what do I believe is good salesperson? I think active listening and being genuine. The two pillars. Yeah, people tell you what they want, hmm. 100%. Where do you think uh, sales agents and sales associates go wrong the most? Besides try, uh, not being genuine, what's the other biggest mistake? I think um, when it comes to scripts and dialogue, mm. I think people are just not haven't been taught how to to speak to a prospect or speak to a client. Mm. So they read these things and they try put on this voice, right? That is like it's not them. Mm. I did that for a couple of years. Yeah, it, it's I just, just like, like a different person. Yeah. And when you, like, when you are genuine and when you speak normally, so speak how you speak, right? Yeah. Mm. And, you know, you, you speak to Susie and, you know, you're trying to get a, a listing lead or something out of her. Mm. Just speak to Susie genuinely and I guarantee you she's going to drop her guard, like I said yeah. before, and she's going to let you in. Yeah. When she lets you in, you can start talking about the service or product that you have to offer. Mm. You know, whether that's in real estate or, you know, you're selling T-shirts, like. That's true. Mm. So do you, are you a fan of scripts and dialogue or not as much? 100% I'm a fan of scripts and dialogue, 100%, yeah. because you need a plan, right? It's like building a house. Like yeah. you need to know what you're doing, but it's how you follow that method. Like it's mm. how you follow that plan. You, you can follow it a million different ways. 
Yeah, there's always one way that works. Mm. Beautiful. Mate, biggest lessons in property development. I want to get into good stuff. Yeah. What's the biggest fuck up and what's your best piece of advice for those getting in it? Like, for example, myself, mm. I'm at that stage now where I'm coming to you, Joe, I want to get my hands dirty. Yeah. What um, would you advise and what, you know, lessons can you share based on your experience? Yeah. I think um, planning and due diligence on a property is major factors. Mm. Um, getting your right builder, like, you know, I was, I guess, um, what would you call it? Like I, I was lucky because I, you know, I had that background and I educated myself around it. But if you're not educated in it, you need to team up with a builder that has a lot of experience and yep. you need to trust that builder. Yeah. Um, I think making sure that you have a really solid trade base, especially in times like today. So mm. you would have noticed that, you know, trades are very hard to get. Mm. And if you do get them, they're very expensive. Mm. So if you find a good trade, pay him right so you can keep him, but look after him, pay him on time, yep. um, and he's going to keep coming back. <clears throat> What's some of the biggest mistakes you've made with developing? Biggest mistakes I've made. <clears throat> biggest mistakes I've made is probably... Hmm. Not necessarily mistakes. I think it's um, I think it's learnings. But yeah. um, is possibly blowing out timelines, thinking that I'm going to sell some like the eight, like whoever I employ to to get to sell the property, um, is going to sell it quickly or for a, an amount, maybe mm. like over, like thinking it's going to sell for more and. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll get 1.4 for that. And I fucking get 900. <laughs> You're a typical vendor. <laughs> so um, I guess that doing your numbers, a, a tip that I can say is do your numbers really lean. Yeah. And then when you do your numbers really lean, the profit's awesome. Like worst case scenario. Yeah. yeah. And everything on top, you're just like, fuck yes. Yeah, How good was that? Mm. You know? Do, do you... Is there a certain margin you look for with any development? Like, are you looking for a 20% margin? Um, Is there always a set figure or not? Not really. I crunch numbers on every development that I go into and it's got to be worth my time, worth my while. Yeah. Um, You know, for instance, um, you would have seen maybe Dan, the the property that I just recently sold in Merriweather, that three Mm, to one subdivision. Yeah. Um, So that property, there was about... Three point um, $3.9 million mm. in two years profit. So that property there I purchased for $1.35 million. Mm. Um, I had an investor that, you know, I still have today on that on that property. Um, A different investor from the... Different, different, different. investor, yeah. And, um, yeah, that per- that property I purchased for one three five. We then did a um, renovation, which was absolutely stunning on that, mm. the original Merriweather home. Mm. And um, we sold that for, I think, two, three, five. So basically paid everything back and more and then two blocks down the back were free. And, you know, we sold that one for 1. 1.8 and that one for 135 or something, whatever it was, oh, you know. Yeah. So um, it, it made sense. See how easy that was to make sense of it? Yeah. So I was like, okay, so what's some houses locally that a prestige like the Merriweather house, like in that era, that's hundred years old, that home. And, you know, stunning, renovated, has a really, that had a pool inside the the master bedroom, like half in, half out. Yeah. Um, 
so I guess we made it unique. Um, you know, what can it bring in? So I kind of worked out that worst case scenario, like mm-hmm. I said. And then down the back was super easy because they're two new luxury homes. So um, you could soon figure out, you know, put a dollar value to that. To that. And mm-hmm. straight away I was like, okay, fuck, it's worthwhile. <laughs> I feel like when I enter in and, you know, some people might think differently to this, but personally when I enter into a development, I've got to do quick maths and it's got to make sense. There's no like, oh, but if we tweak this and fucking mm. do this, then, you no. know, we could possibly make this. It's like, dude, if you're fucking making a million bucks, you're making a million bucks. Yeah. There's no like cutting corners or fucking putting different skirting boards or yeah. fucking getting cheaper Bunnings paint or something to yeah. try to save costs. It's yeah. like it either makes sense or it doesn't make sense. And people buy and go into developments without doing the numbers. Like they do the <laughs> numbers. It does. Like they think that like people will buy DA approved sites that are like townhouses and so forth and just go, oh, it's approved and it's ready to roll. Just buy it. And it's like, you done the numbers on it? The fucking thing's going backwards. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, never yeah. seen that happen before. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wow, mate. What a story. Mate, a crazy. Mm. That's insane. Yeah. Um, I guess last piece of question or last piece of advice I want to ask for is someone I mean, this is a bit of a selfish question yeah someone in my position where we've got the deposit ready we're ready to rock and roll to do something small yeah um would you if you were in my position would you go for a small development or would you buy something um that's good to be rented out like a really good strong uh buy and hold yep so if it was a good strong buy and hold and you weren't necessarily worried about the rental return on that property mm. Um, I would personally buy a, a home in a in a blue chip location. Yeah, that's maybe like three in Newcastle, right? You mm. get properties that at the old, I guess, ethnic castles yep. back in the day, and they're like three to four bedroom, and they're easy to convert to a five or six better. Yeah, they've got an old pool out the back, like you know, you can make it look really nice, and you can spend anywhere from say. 300 to 400 grand on say a million dollar property you're all in at 1.4 and you can easily sell that for close to 3 million plus that's insane yeah it's big man it's really big so like dudley like there is so many homes at dudley right now that you can buy for 1.5 that are um brick homes that are quite tidy you know like you go to house and you're like it's a very outdated but it's clean and tidy mm. You can buy from anything from, you know, 1.5 to, to 1.8. You can do a small renovation on that and turn it over for, you know, 2.8. That's stupid. So do you not think that's easy? Man, that's easy as hell. I don't know why. So you... why wouldn't you do that? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like that's the way that I look at it because it's like yeah. you put so much time and effort. Like, for instance, um, another property, 50 Woodward in Merriweather, um, got sold by a local real estate agent there. And I had that for a year and I did the numbers on it. And this was one where I was like, fuck, it really needs to sell for a good number, mm. like to make sense. But I was, I guess, so certain on Newcastle being such a new area, like a new, I call it a new city, right? It's not a new city, but, no. you know, we've got people from Dubai that are investing in Newcastle. We've got, um, you know, you drive through Honeysuckle now, like as a kid that there wasn't a high rise there. Like you've got apartments everywhere, you know, so there's a lot of money getting poured into Newcastle. And I actually, 
you know, call it, it's Melbourne by the beach to me. Like it's, mm. it's going to start being that way. Um, I purchased 50 Woodward for 2 million and 50 and in a year's time, and this was going through the COVID time when property was high. So mm. I people, I bought it and they were like, Oh, you're a fucking idiot. And I'm like, okay, just wait. Mm. And I was traveling to Melbourne and so forth. And I was networking with a lot of wealthy people. And these guys were saying to me, um, males and females, were saying, Joey, if you can build us a house in Newcastle or you can, you know, build us a house nearby that is like our house in Melbourne or like our house in Sydney, we'll buy it straight away. We don't really care what it's, you know, what it costs. But their houses in Melbourne are cool. Like they've got underground bars, mm. they've got theatres, they've got fucking five garages. Like, mm. So we don't have that in Newcastle. Mm. It's a market that we literally do not have. Like... Go into Newcastle and show me a house that has an, a really cool underground bar, has five garage spaces for, you know, someone's Ferraris and Bentleys and that mm. there's nothing that exists. So 50 Woodward, I got that DA approved and did some really incredible plans um, with local architect for a house like that. Like mm. this house was like, holy fuck. Wow. And um, I, was, I was dedicated on building that property um and i remember we we're getting closer and closer and you know people were freaking out about and this is only recently people mm. were freaking out about um interest rates and all that crap and um i said to a, a local real estate agent um in newcastle chase Ede, um he's a good friend of mine i said dude what do you reckon you sell this thing for me and he's like uh well don't really know what do you want for it i said i need three plus mm. And he's like, dude, you've done like plans worth 60 grand. Like <laughs> you've got yeah. this thing, Diabro. I said, I agree. I think that it will sell for that. Anyway, he ended up getting the price and it sold for a really good number and I couldn't pass it up. So that was a property that, I, you know, I spent 50, 60 grand on plans in a DA mm. and I pulled out like 1.2 million in a year. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. And I'm like, you know, I get people that say, you know, like, you know, people are like, oh, you know, it's like that was coming down. Like people were not spending money. Mm. Like that was when, you know, COVID was over, that the rise yeah. was coming down. And, you know, people say, oh, you were just, you know, kind of lucky. I wasn't fucking lucky with that one. That property you cannot get. Mm -hmm. It's got like 180 degree views of Newcastle, Merriweather Beach, Bar Beach, um, all the way up to Nelson's Bay. You can't replicate that property. The guy that bought that property, he used to live in that street. He's very, very wealthy. And he um, he, he knows he can build his fucking dream home there and no one will have it. So You'll probably make millions on that. Yeah, that? 100%. So when it comes back to these properties, like my property in Dudley, the reason why it's valued like so high and I've made good money out of it is because I have done that underground bar and I have done the cool things. I mm. turned into a five-bed house. It was fucking three. Yeah, man. And um, that's what people want to buy, the finished product. If you yeah. can provide the finished product, yeah. people will buy it. So when it comes down to townhouses and so forth, it's already overpopulated. Mm. You've got so many people that are getting into developing that are doing townhouses and doing you know small three-to-one subdivisions and so forth. But what's not there is the luxury properties. Yeah. People buy luxury properties in Newcastle, they move in there and live there. Yeah. You know? And they'll pay big money if they've got deep pockets too. Massive money. Look at the prices that are going through Newcastle at the moment. Like, what are we seeing, Beetle, in in Newcastle? No, I think they, they had the recent sale just like a few weeks back. Yeah. Um, Suburb record. 
Yeah, like eight million or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's you know what I mean. Crazy, like yeah. Newcastle's coming in like leaps and bounds. So, um, yeah, luxury property. I feel so that's what, where, where it's is at. your that's next move from here, development wise? Um, I'm staying away from subdivisions and so forth. I'm just not wasting my time and energy on it. I'm focusing on uh, a lot of the um, sales training side of things. Yeah. And I'm buying properties that um, are in luxury suburbs that are run down and I'm I'm renovating them properties and I'm holding them. Mm. Holding some, them. Some of them some of them that I I I guess want to sell because it's a lot of money. Mm. I will sell, but I'm holding them. The reason why is my auntie bought in um down, three doors down from me and that property's worth four and a half million today she bought it for like 56 grand yeah you know what i mean like mm. you need the beach man you need the ocean like people that's a sought after area if you can hold on to property that's where the real wealth is made mm. you know why do you sell property to make money yeah yeah but imagine if you hold on to the, like what's happened over like the history of time yeah like you know we'll look mm. back and go oh you could have bought a place in you know, right. Newcastle for a million bucks and it's like, <laughs> you know, or two, three million, you know. Yeah. Oh, John Parade sold for nine million. It's like, fuck, that joint's worth a hundred now. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? So People can't grasp compounding interest. I remember there was, um, I first got into real estate like 10 years ago and we're selling a house in Borkham Hills, uh, northwest of Sydney. And um, the house is, I think we sold it for like 550. Yeah. And the buyer called me up the week later and he's freaking out. He's like, I've overpaid by 25 grand. Like, I can't do this. It's, yeah. I've overpaid. It's, I shouldn't have done it. Can I try? And he tried to get out of the deal and he couldn't. And I said, look, the rule of thumb is property prices in Sydney typically, typically double every seven to 10 years. Mm. He said, I, I told him in 10 years time, if this isn't worth over a million bucks, I'll buy you a Macca's lunch. <laughs> Anyways, sold last year for sold last year with one of my colleagues for one point seven four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just can't. You can't yeah. grasp it and no. understand it. No, that's right, hundred percent. And I, you know, I even had a young guy come to me the other day. I pulled up at the um, car detailers, mm. and man, I, this is one thing. Hey, that <clears throat> I have respect for everyone, and one thing that you know, if you ever catch me fucking doing, is. Um, you know, having an ego, I, I like everyone's got an ego, right? Mm. But no matter who it is, I respect that person. Like this car detailer that details my cars, mm. um, I've I stuck up for him. There was this, you know, Merryweather mum they call him in Newcastle. <laughs> that was being quite rude to this guy when I first met him, and you know, I kind of pulled her up on it. So um, this guy's you know been detailing my cars for a long period of time now, and. Um, the, the biggest thing is I always, I guess, have respect for people and I never want to lose that. Mm. And there was a young kid the other day when I was getting my car, she's like, oh, how do I buy that car? I really want that car. Mm. And I just took the time to actually talk to him about it. And he was 15, right? He was working at the car detailers. Mm. And I said, what are you going to do, man? And he said, oh, well, you know, my dad struggles. Like he wants to buy a property. And I'm like, okay, switch on straight away. This kid doesn't have guidance. Mm. And I, I said, he said, how do I make money? I want to buy that car. And I said, you can definitely have that car, but you need to buy assets. And like, man, I would have tripled, quadrupled my money if I fucking had that advice <laughs> at yeah. fucking 15. And he said, so what do I do? And I said, well, I want you to go get a trade, right? Or a career. The reason why I say trade, whether it's plum or whatever, you start, if you want to get into developments, you start to 
You're starting in real estate. You're you yeah, you're starting in real estate and you're you're starting to understand how you can renovate properties and learn the ins and outs of it. That's where, you know, I was benefited benefit yeah. greatly, like was starting a trade as a chippy. And I said, go get a trade and save you five percent deposit. Like what is it now? I think it's nine hundred grand first home buyers and five percent downs. Is that right? Yeah. yeah something enough. like that. Yeah. So <laughs> um the you know let's say he's got to save 35 grand 40 grand and then you're in the market bro hmm. and you're a plumber or you're a chippy or you're an electrician or whatever you might be and you understand how to renovate this property right you've got a leg up because you don't have to hire trades you can hmm. do it yourself like a little bits and you can start manufacturing equity yeah. yeah the most money i made is just manufacturing equity out of renovations man i make a shitload of money from it and I'll continue yeah. to do so. I'm so G'd up from this podcast. I'm ready to go buy something tomorrow. <laughs> I'm driving up to Newey tomorrow. <laughs> Goddamn. Uh, Legendary. Steak yeah. o'clock. Yeah, let's go. Let's, let's get some dinner, lads. Fuck Thank yeah. you. You're a legend. No worries, brother.